Now, what's interesting to me is that the salaries page here indicates that I am grossly overpaid for what I bring to the table. Where is salaries? <laughs> I, I, I need to see salaries. Who says that? Who admits to that? When they... I'm talking to the public. Yeah, I'm grossly overpaid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why people All listen right. to what I have to, to say. You're listening to PHP Ugly, episode 55, recorded March 31st, 2017. Today we look at gitignore.io, the Stack Overflow Developer Survey, FBI arrests hacker who hacked no one, and more. Here we go. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Eric. How's it going? Can you give me the name of a very popular football player for the Washington Redskins, whose number was number 55? That's right, Chris Hamburger. Very good, Thomas. Very good. This is episode (laughs) 55 of PHP Ugly, the Chris Hamburger edition. How you doing, Thomas? John, how's it going? Oh, I'm doing good. (laughs) That was a horrible intro. I'm kind of in a sports mode right now. We've got the (laughs) NCAA tournament going on, which... I've I've lost the office pool on that. I, I had a huge comeback from next to last to second place, but it looks like I've lost that pool. We've got baseball season starting up tomorrow. It's a brand Thomas. Thomas, yes, who who's the defending World Series champions? Who who are they going to be? Who is it? Um, oh, is I it, know this one because it's you know it's, it. Yeah, it's the back to the future thing. It's World it's, Series champions. Oh god, I want to say the Twins, but I know that's not it. So, I, I, you know what? I'm encouraged that you even named a baseball team. To be honest with you, uh, no, no, it's the uh, it's the New York. No, no, you're so close. Oh, oh god, it's unbearable how close you are. It's the so Blue Hawks, <laughs> <laughs> or the Cubs. The, the Cubs, Cubs. would have been. Another, oh yeah, would have been another accepted answer. No, you said base. You That's said right. baseball. All right, I got another one for you. So before the season starts, there's a there's a baseball tournament called the World Baseball Championship. Uh, and that oh my god, just, what's the name of this podcast again? That just concluded. <laughs> Can you tell me who won that? Either one of you. No. Either one of you gave me that Japan. name. Japan. <sighs> they win it At every year. You named a country. You named you named a country. I'm proud of you, John. 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 What? The <clears throat> USA won, USA won the, it. The Atlantic Ocean. I have no clue what you're even talking about. I stopped listening five minutes ago. Baseball. Baseball is starting. My, little, my nipples are hard. I love baseball. I love baseball. All right. Fine. We're not going to talk about uh, We're not going to talk about I got lost. I got lost on number 55, and then I just stopped listening. 55. Chris Hamburger. My dad bought a truck from Chris Hamburger. After his career was over. Oh, that Chris Hamburger. I actually got to meet him. Massive hands. I was a young child, and his hands just wrapped around me. It was terrifying. <laughs> just, just choked the life out of you. <laughs> Great guy. Great guy. Yes. Well, okay. So, if we're not going to speak sports, what's been going on in everybody? That's all I've been doing all week is watching sports. So I've noticed. You have... Uh... You've contributed very little to our list of conversation points here. Dude, you He's were hammering more, more away than I. at it. <laughs> contributed way more than I have. Oh, I, man. A, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff's been going on. Um, oh, it's, what are, you, are you jumping into the news? Are we going to have our normal little conversation? You asked me what's been going on this week. 
uh, what and I've that's been all that's been on? going on is whatever you've been doing, whatever you've been reading. Yeah. Wait, what is happening to this podcast? We're not some puke out the news freaking podcast, you bastard. We're real people. We're developers. We're in the real world. Things are happening for us, and Somebody we, started drinking we are early. sharing that. What? Somebody started drinking way early. <laughs> uh, I'm working on uh, a total rewrite, again, of our main landing page because it's slow. And I'm still working on that data repair that we were talking about last week. And that's about it. Yeah. You know, my my boss, my my boss is now a world traveler. So he's out in the Philippines at some weddings. John, what about you? What have you been up to? Oh, what haven't I been up to? Let's see. <clears throat> um, wow, I am not prepared for this question. <laughs> you would think it, uh, like it wasn't asked of you every week. I don't know. <laughs> I just don't think he's done anything this week. I haven't. <laughs> see, we're, two, we're two nights late. I'm so confused as it is. Eric threw me with the sports stuff way off my game. Yeah, you guys gotta stay on your toes around me. I got, you know, I gotta, gotta keep, gotta keep the juices flowing in the old membrane there. You guys will get stale on me if I don't. <laughs> we had a. How did my week go? My my week went well, I was guys. To, I, I was about I, to ask. I appreciate that. No, yeah, we had a real good Laracast live. Uh, I've been had taken a little bit of a hiatus from the show. I I've been off it for a month. Uh, I missed the show because we were dealing with some work issues and just couldn't get around to recording. And uh, we actually had a guest cancel or reschedule on us, so we ended up punting on the show. And so came back, talked to Ben Edmond, who uh, is uh, run does a PHP Town Hall, the PHP Town Hall podcast. Does a lot of conference talks, uh, written some books. Great show, though. I mean, he's a fantastic guy to talk to. And uh, <laughs> probably probably one of the more enjoyable uh, Laracast lives I, I've done. Uh, he, he's just a funny cat, man, I tell you. Um, so that went well. Uh, work's going well. Uh, stress levels are reducing a little. We reducing red tickets in our for one of our one of our main clients. Another client, we're starting to get some traction on um, some services we're trying to get blessed by a, a bigger corporate industry. Um, so things are going well. It's, it's good. Take, taking over an, uh, an existing project can be a pain in the butt for sure. Trying to figure out how everything ties together. Especially when you're talking code, infrastructure, you know, we're kind of on the hook for the way these servers were configured that, you know, we're now kind of reworking because the, uh, the, the corporation that has to bless it wasn't happy with some of the security. So we, we kind of rework some of the servers, but yeah, it's a struggle because there's so many unknowns. And, you know, we were on a call with the client this past week, basically saying, "Hey, you know, what all do we need to be testing here? What do you, what do you, what are all the little nooks and crannies that we might not know about?" That's always fun, but we're making progress. That's a good thing, and we have a yeah. new one coming on this week. Looking forward to that too. Yeah, another 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 worth client. So you're definitely staying busy. I think I saw somebody tweet out about you being on the the show. Um, was it Sean? Like just praising you and saying what a great guy you are. I I, I actually reached out to Sean the next day. That's probably one of the nicest things somebody had ever said about me over Twitter. I thought it was super nice. And then <laughs> I was that. wondering if they typed. I thought they typed somebody's name wrong and it somehow came out Shokum or something. <laughs> just some sort of <laughs> autofill accident. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I was I was very touched by that. I, I even showed my wife. I'm like, hey, hey, that's a compliment, isn't it? It's so weird. Is that a compliment? Yeah, it looks like a compliment to me. <laughs> <laughs> it was very nice. I'm trying to find it so I can give you the, the credit you need, but need, deserve. <laughs> but I'm not finding it right now. I'm sorry. I should have had that pulled up and ready to go. So, Thomas, question for you. Eric and I have a funny situation at work right now, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. So we had a, a client we started doing work on, never billed them, and then decided that uh, they were, how do you say it nicely? It wasn't a big enough client. They wanted to do 10 hours a month, which you can't really do anything 10 hours a month on and be productive. Sure. Uh, since we took that client on, we have set minimums. The We had a new developer on our team that... Uh, did some of the work for us. And then when we cut ties with the client and just said, listen, it's just not working out. It's just too time consuming. And we're not, it's just not working out. The client reached directly out to our contractor. And now that contractor is doing work for the client. Now our keep fault, in we're, mind, we're, we've, always had, we've always had a very open policy with all of our contractors where they they are they're more than welcome to have other clients and yeah they're not employees yeah. yeah most of them do the only thing we ask is that they let it we don't necessarily care who the other clients are we just want them to have two things a be honest with us on their availability and b <clears throat> not use Diego Dev resources on their other for obvious reasons sure yeah so that was always there but. Again, in this situation, it's weird because, A, one of the deciding factors of bringing on this new contractor was we were getting this this client. And then when it didn't work out, John and I really had to shuffle things around because we, although we're not obligated to meet uh, a certain amount of hours to a contractor, we, we did tell this contractor that we would work on making sure they had X amount of hours. So... Because we dropped off this other contract, we manipulated things around, took a little bit of a bigger hit on another contract to make sure we were able to honor that agreement with this contract. And again, this contractor was working on the on the contract. I don't know. But I'm at the same time, at the same time, we severed ties with the client. So that's why I keep saying I don't know how I should feel. I feel weird about it, but yeah, I don't really have a right but to. Again, the client one of the issues the client had was about deliverables and the, the amount of work that was being produced by the contractor. It, it sounds like well, it sounds like communication breakdown. I mean, you know, when we started working together, we we were all friends. You know, from from when Diego Dev started and you guys started hiring developers, it was out of a pool of people that we all knew quite well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, we've floated on that that sort of we know how everyone deals with situations kind of thing for a long time. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a sticky situation, and there definitely should have been transparency, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'd love to get other input from other people as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. If, if you were in that situation, Thomas, if if you, you'd worked on contracts with us in the past, if one of those, after we severed ties... If that contract had come to you and said, hey, I'd like you to work on this. Well, we had a contract that did that. We had a contract where I know. they wanted I know me. We did. <laughs> yeah, they wanted me 
to to work with them on a on a larger scale than I was already working with Diego Dev. And my response to that was, "Hey guys, this is hilarious. Check out these chat logs." But that's because <laughs> I was sharing it amongst my friend, mm-hmm. um, and it, it hadn't even occurred to me that there was a conflict of interest there. It was just something that, I, of course, I would disclose. Um, and my reply to contractors in the past has been. Uh, yeah, I do. I can do contract work, but I only do it through Diego Dev. I don't manage time. I don't manage projects. So if you want me to work on something, here's the guys you call. But that's unique to my situation because I explicitly don't want to handle anything other than just here's a thing to work on, work on it, and turn it back out to us. Right. You know, I don't want to discuss the my my day my daily work is is talking about viability to people you know something will be brought up and they'll say hey we want you to work on this and i'll start ringing up people above me and say listen i've been doing ux and ui for years uh don't do this this is bad and i don't you know when i was working with you guys i didn't have that input i didn't want that input. um but it's i've always communicated with you guys you know pretty well i think yeah. yeah. Well, end of the day, the guy. I mean, the the, the contractor's still working with us. We he's still getting his hours. I mean, nothing nothing's changed. Of it. It's just I, I happen to find out about it, and it you know just doesn't sit well with me. Uh, but it, it's more of a speaking of the character of the developer, um, in my opinion. Uh, but again, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hold it against the guy. I'm not gonna fault the guy for it. I just I was kind of curious what your thoughts were on it, and I know John and I have talked, been talking through it a little bit as well. Yeah, well, I, you know, like I said, we're we work together as friends who work together. Um, if if I'm working for a contract company as purely as coworker, I don't know where my loyalty falls. I would probably mm-hmm. disclose, but I couldn't really guarantee it. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's it it, it is a there's a lot of layers to the situation. Um, mm. It's hard to say decisively that a bad move was made or, or by... Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're right. I think... In, yeah, yeah. All right, we don't All want right. to spend too much more time on it. <clears throat> yeah, before I, we think, move, I think we've talked... Be- before moving on, though, I do want to say what that tweet was because it did mean a lot to me. Sean Mays tweeted out, In doing a podcast with Shokum, every show is the best show we've ever done. That's the enthusiasm to build around. I giggle. I li- I really should listen it, to this podcast. It, it someday. was so nice. <laughs> What's it called? It's this is uh, Lara Chat Live. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the one I've been on a couple times. I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> they like me there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's jump into our news. Our news. We're so going, this first one. Going straight like, into the news. Like I said earlier, Thomas was a news maniac this week. I, I think every article on here, except for maybe one or two, are from Thomas. Um, and this first one is so simple, and I absolutely love it. Yeah. Thomas, I it agree. looks like you came across a fantastic little website. I do. Tell I love this. this. I love this little thing. It's called gitignore.io. And if you work with Git, then you know when gitignore is valuable. You know that... There's a lot of stuff compiled from uh, CSS files and JS files. You don't want your build directories getting into Git. Um, and there's stuff like the Laravel project where these build directories are sort of all over the place, and it doesn't come with a default 
Git ignore that necessarily fits all of the needs that you have. So this is just a search so, engine for pre-built Git ignore files. Well, it, no, it's not. It's not a search engine. It builds it for you. So you you hit this website gitignore.io and you type in the project you're working on. You, you say if it's Laravel, you type in the IDE you're working with, or, or not even the IDE. You can type in Vim or Atom or Sublime. You type in the programming language. And you, you type in all the, the factors of the project, you hit create, and it it pumps out a, a, get, a customized git ignore file for you for that project. It is absolutely fantastic. The thing I like, I saw PHP Storm in there, and I started looking at what it had listed and started thinking, I bet that's how you can keep all of your developers that use PHP Storm on the same coding standards, but not impact the rest of their IDE, mm-hmm. any of their... You won't impact, you know, how they have it set up color-wise and all that. I bet you're right. So I thought that was a great idea and want to use that in my current project. Yeah, historically, I I have kept a massive Git ignore file in a Git repo. um, And then I just pull that in and and maybe I'll I'll pare it down if I actually think to do that. Um, But this is is awesome. I love this. I'm going to start using it more and more. It also it has a command line interface as well. So no, it doesn't. It absolutely does. It really? Does. Oh, I totally missed that. So you can actually run this from your command line to generate git ignore files as part of a script. Look at that! Hey Thomas, it says command line docs right there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, it's it's oh, a really nicely that. put together site. It's really simple. It does the one job really well. It's got a video tutorial command line version and the whole thing is open sourced on github so let me ask you guys this i I, i'm just asking this because i happened to see it uh when i pulled up the docs do either one of you guys use a global git ignore on your system no yeah i i I do and i i i might start to lean away from it because it's it's saved me before where i won't put in certain things in my git ignore file that I am putting into a project because it's in my global. But then I find out that other people, it ends up, it ends up biting them because they expect something to be in the get ignore and it's not there. Um, so yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, and I assume you guys knew that that was actually something you could do. There, there is a global get ignore you can set on your mm-hmm. system. And yeah, I just never saw the value helpful. of it. Yeah. 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 Well, this is cool, Thomas. I, I like this. This is a nice little tool and, uh, I'm, I'm, Definitely going to check out this um, this command, command line, line interface. Okay. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Okay, uh, so we've been doing surveys. I, you know, that's one thing I didn't talk about. We're at a weird, weird spot. This is one of the few months in the year where uh, John and I actually have a little bit of a break between the user groups that we that we run. Typically, we have about a week in between each user group meetup to organize things, to make sure things are, you know, speakers are going to show up. And this week, we actually have a little bit of a break between our meetups because we have an extra week between our meetups, which is cool. It's like a little mini vacation. <laughs> but um, I uh, recently, at the Laravel meetup, sent out a survey because... I shared with you on shared with you guys on the previous shows that 
I'd gotten a little frustrated with the turnout and, and how much engagement I was getting there. So I put together a quick survey and sent it out and got some great feedback. And, um, I mean, nothing unexpected, but it was good. It, it's always good to kind of send out surveys and get a feel for things and see where things are. Yeah. And uh, that kind of leads into our next little topic here. The Stack Overflow Developer Survey Results for 2017. Did you guys take a look at those? Yeah, you know, yeah, I, I, I came across this because I was I was looking for a place for uh, 40-something white males to congregate. And this is just a <laughs> giant list of 40-something white males. It really is. So, so, so something, something, set, something sits a little weird with me on this, which was if you look at one of the first results they show are the developer type. And in the survey, the people taking the survey, 72%, almost 73%, 72.6% are uh, web developers, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So you keep that in mind. And, uh, yeah, you go through here, and it's overwhelmingly uh, Caucasian. It's overwhelmingly male. Um, you know, we know about all this. <laughs> it's but, straight, <laughs> Caucasian. Uh, prefer yeah. not to say if they're disabled. Parents with <laughs> bachelor's degrees. So uh, <laughs> where things start to get a little weird to me is if you get down to programming language, uh, programming languages. Uh, JavaScript leads it with sixty-two and a half. Okay, I, I get that. Everybody does JavaScript. Well, no matter what what you're doing, everyone are you do some JavaScript. Everyone needs help with JavaScript. Yeah, I mean, of of all the things that are best snippeted. JavaScript, it works best in snippets that you can just copy and paste. Sure. <laughs> SQL follows that up. Okay, I can get that as well. We're all developing really, web uh, applications. Not really a SQL. programming language in, in my mind. Not but. really, but if you, want, if you want to say it, fine, say it. Java, yeah, okay, I can buy that. Uh, then we fall into C Sharp. Really? C Sharp? Well, okay. Uh, well, you go back to the top mobile. A, it there's was, a lot. There's a lot of enterprise out there, a um, lot of Microsoft shops out there. Okay, C sharp. It's a little bit of a stretch for me, but that's fine. That's four. That's number four on the list. Number five on the list, Python. What? Damn Excuse snakes. Excuse me, Python. Did I miss something? Did Python become relevant in the web industry? That I, well, really. I'll tell you what. It is not because of web. So if you look above that. The types of education that are predominant here are self-taught. 90% of people responding are self-taught. Now, if you're doing some kind of high school or college level programming courses, what they're going to stick you with is Java and Python. Python is the language of mathematics programming in college. So a lot there is a lot of Python out there. Now, there's a lot of Python for portability, too. Uh, a lot of the applications that I run are Python applications. So I have tools that help in downloading the latest episodes of my favorite shows. Those all those are all services running as Python in the background. Uh, just because Python runs that's fine. Well, but but again, keep keep in keep in mind what an overwhelmingly response was on web developers that were responding to. Sure, yeah. and they're my, still my, saying my assumption. Yeah, it says it right here. Select all that apply. So. When they got to this page, they checked off all the programming languages they knew. So while the vast majority were web developers, a lot of web developers know Python and PHP. And then you get to the other industries where they only know Python. 
Now I'm surprised to see Ruby Perhaps. down here at 9.1%. Right. I mean, so we, we should follow that up. So, so Python was number five at 32%. PHP was number six at 28.1%. And they even make a note of it. This is the first time in five years that Py, uh, Python beat out P. So PHP fi- dipped after five years to number six. Uh, C++ then is in at uh, 22 and a third. And then we start dropping off pretty uh, C's at 19, and then it gets pretty significant drop-offs after that. But yeah, I was actually surprised to see Ruby at nine 9.1%. That's really low for Ruby. Now, our, be- our, our beloved Laravel framework doesn't even show up on their frameworks list. It's just it's too it's too easy, I guess, for uh, for people to use the documentation on Laravel. They don't need to go to Stack Overflow for it. I didn't even notice the <laughs> framework one. Well, look at the frameworks that are on here, though. Well, I mean, Node is huge. Angular, yeah, again, .NET, Core, React, Cordova, Firebase. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. Well, again, about that. again, mobile development's going to increase that one a lot. Yeah. Now, what's interesting to me is that the salaries page here indicates that I am grossly overpaid for what I bring to the table. Where is salaries? <laughs> I, I, I need to see salaries. Who says that? Who admits to that? When I'm talking in public. Yeah, I'm grossly overpaid. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know why people All listen right. to what I have to, to say on Wait, my podcast. Where is salary? Oh, I see salary. Yeah. Are we, how, I, how are we paying but, people here? But you gotta you got to look across the country. You, you have people working in little places where 50000 is a ton of money, and then you Go to California just, and fifty thousand you can barely live on. John, I think we need to start looking into India and Romania for some development. Poland, you know, oh, France, the yeah. the Russian Federation, Mexico, Mexico, John, Mexico. It's right here. It's like literally right down the street from us. We need to start getting some developers. We need to start a, a PHP user group in Tijuana. Now. This is of the 465 responses they've received for areas like Canada and France. This, this isn't a huge sample base as far as salaries. It looks like most people opted not to say how much they made. But it is interesting to see that in France, a QA engineer makes more money than any other programming profession, <laughs> including data scientist and machine learning specialist. Interest. And one last thing I want to point out on, on this is the developer environment where they split out IntelliJ from PHP Storm from PyCharm, which aren't those all built on the same... Yeah, they're all IntelliJ. Yeah. Yeah. So take it with a grain of salt. And It's, a, said, it's a survey. Yeah. yeah. It is, it's an enormous survey. We couldn't even begin to go through all of this, but 51,392 respondents. Who takes this long? I don't know. I don't know if a lot of it is collected or... I don't remember getting this email to take this survey, so my guess is it doesn't apply to me at all. Would have been a long ass survey. That's for sure. So, so we're moving. We're moving on. <laughs> we, I don't know what uh, John was going to say, yeah. but we're just going to skip right I, past it. <laughs> I, I, I was going to move on just like you were to the next story. One that one that I've seen come up on Facebook a few times now about the FBI who arrests a hacker who hacked no one. And this actually was submitted by a listener. A listener reached out to me and said, "Hey, it was on it was on Twitter." And said, uh, "Hey, I'd be interested in what what you guys think of this." Actually, I, I believe his exact words were, "What Thomas would think of it." I would have to <laughs> verify that. But oh, that's some what that's everybody some else bullshit. would think about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how would you have any other opinion? Well, I think the, I think one of the issues here is 
explain the story well, before, okay. you, yeah. before so, you go off on a tangent. So the story is uh, developer Taylor Huddleston, who has created a project called RAT, the Remote Administration Tool, which is something I've used in the past. Well, no, it's called Nano. It's called NanoCore. Oh, I'm sorry. It is a, a remote administration tool called NanoCore. I haven't used yeah. his program in the past, but it, it's essentially uh, a sysadmin tool for spying on employees. Um, the kind of thing that a lot of large companies produce, like Cisco and you know those those guys. No, they're going to tell you it's not to spy. It's to help. Fix somebody's computer so I don't have to walk into their office or remote. <laughs> well, no, there are there are right, plenty of employee but, monitoring tools. Yeah. Um, and this this falls under no, that yeah. umbrella of just an employee monitoring tool or personal computer monitoring tool or uh, uh, eavesdropping on your spouse's computer it, behavior. It's, uh, do you guys do you guys remember or had had you heard of a uh, uh, cult of the uh, dead cow? Yeah, CDC cult, cult of the dead cow. Yeah, and their uh, back orifice. It's it BO sounds like it's a very similar. It's a ve- it sounds like it's a very similar um, kind of thing where yes, it it can definitely be used for legitimate uses, but it's one of those tools where hackers will will leverage it for bad things. Now, so the FBI hasn't said why they think he's assisting hackers, but they're implying that he's doing something more than just. Uh, developing a tool. Now, he is saying that he's the victim here because his software has been pirated by these hackers and it's being used maliciously against his intention. But the FBI is claiming that his intentions were malicious and that this software is not viable for non-malicious use. But there have been reviews of his software that state pretty clearly that it's not a malicious intent. The, the software operates as you would expect a remote administration tool to operate if it's trying to be covert, if it's trying to not alert users, which is one of the use cases for these types of tools. Um, right. So, I mean, unfortunately, we just don't have a lot of information to go- on what the case is against him. Well, this is true. But this is this does play into a pattern that we've been talking about on the show. I think, uh, John, you were absent dur- during a lot of these shows, but we'd seen a similar situation occur with the CEO of... Uh, Backpage. Uh, what's it? Back- Backpage, where he was actually arrested for uh, traffic... Pimping. Yeah, he was arrested for pimping. And it was solely based on the fact that people were using his platform. And back, um, I keep wanting to call it back office. Backdoor is just like we refer to it as a scummy Craigslist. Right. Um, but people were using that to, you know, post ads for prostitution. And I guess the, the law enforcement felt he, either he wasn't doing enough to stop it or just figured that he was involved with it and arrested him based on that. That connection. Now, there has been a precedent for this in the past. There was a, a software package called Blackshade, which was used widely for uh, infecting a computer, encrypting it, and then demanding a ransom to decrypt. Um, but that was blatantly malware. It was blatantly used for negative that intent. Was, that was the only purpose for it, yeah. Right. So the problem here is that this software, which has entirely legitimate uses and is legitimately used by corporations, is now being 
claimed to be malicious of intent. Um, right. And I think the article does a really good job at saying at saying why it's a concern that this gets set as a precedent, because then we're opening the door to the government coming in and shutting down things like Telegram, where they feel like uh, there's this encrypted communication platform that bad people are using to talk to each other. So even though it might have a legitimate use, we're shutting it down because bad people are using it. And uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what comes of this. It's I think it's going to be very. I think it's going to be a lot more impactful than people realize. Well, this uh, if this is very similar to the DMCA stuff as well, where it, it was made illegal in the early two thousands to to create a tool which assisted in circumventing anti piracy measures in any way, um, and this includes things like screwdrivers that are designed to remove security screws used by companies like Nintendo. You know, in the same way that, yeah, you can get busted for making specialty screwdrivers now, you can apparently get busted for making software that someone else uses maliciously. We're going to have to keep an eye on it. I think it's one of those things. I, I hope it plays out in how we feel it should play out, which is this guy should get a pass, but we'll see what happens. Now, from, from an application that's being used maliciously, we have an application that's tracking maliciousness and being banned because of its tracking of malicious activity. Did you guys know that there is a, there's an app that can track U.S. drone strikes throughout the world? I do now. There's one that's not available to you. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately uh, the app is not available on the App Store. It's been rejected 12 times. And this story came to me earlier this week that it had finally been accepted after changing its name from Drones Plus to Metadata Plus. But uh, this this news uh, apparently sparked some interest among Apple executives because it was quickly removed again from the App Store. So it has now been 13 so attempts. Read, read the article so people know what we're talking about. It's pretty simple. This guy wrote an application where he takes news articles and parses them to figure out where a drone attack has occurred. So it's not using any mm -hmm. kind of flight data or any other sensitive data. This is just publicly available uh, reports of drone strikes. Mm -hmm. and, and he just curates the list, and he, he wrote an application for iOS to, to show that curate, curated list. And Apple will con kept continually rejecting it, and I guess... It sounds like what you're saying is uh, he changed the name of the application. Apple approved it and has since realized what they did and rejected it again. They, well, they're saying it's ex excessively objectionable or crude. They did accept it in 2014, and it was up for about a year. And then all of a sudden, they rejected it again. They deleted it from the App Store. Right. So the question, the, the question is, as far as I'm concerned, are they re are they rejecting this app based on a request from the government, which there's no evidence of that? Are they are they rejecting this app based on their own initiatives, which it's Apple? Yes, that's why they're doing it. <laughs> I, you know, I, I I don't think there's a conspiracy here. It's it's a private company. You're developing an application, you know, within the constraints of the rules set by this private company as long as it's not the government getting it coming in and saying hey we don't like this application apple remove it remove it so that the american citizens can't see it i would have an issue with that 
But this is just Apple saying, yeah, you know, we don't want this stuff on our uh, on our devices. You know, they well, they, they do the same just, thing with porn and everything else. But it, porn is one thing, but this is news. It's if I have a news app, if I have the New York Times app on my phone, I'm going to see about drone strikes. It may not be a curated list where all the news is about drone strikes, but I can still see that information. I can see Completely information agree about. With you. I can see other news articles about uh, people being shot or any other horrific things happening. Granted, they have other articles that are positive, or it's. I think it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know how this is excessively objectionable or crude. And this this isn't a First Amendment data because I know people love to love to get behind stuff like this and say, oh, it's our First Amendment rights. We should have these rights." Now, this isn't a First Amendment; purely a decision by a company. Um, but it is approved on the Google Store, and right. it's. I, I was going to say, if if this is if this is the type of freedom that you find important, this is why you you want to invest in platforms that are open. Not saying that Android is 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 that most open platform, but it's it's definitely more open than the Apple platform is. Well, and the Android and why you want to continue to push that initiative. And the Android applica- the Android platform allows for third party stores as well, so you can actually pull up if you don't like what's on well, the Google Play I don't Store. Think it, I don't think it allows for third party stores by default. Absolutely. I think you have to. You can you can does it yeah you can hop on and install F Droid which is a third party store as soon as you know, Nexus the the Amazon is its own app store too yeah same yeah. thing yeah that's that's true yeah 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 so I mean this you know this comes to, if if you disagree with this behavior from Apple then don't buy Apple products don't buy iPhones I don't uh, there's you know I don't. Yeah. You don't have to tell me uh, twice. I, I, I don't. I don't understand why. This... <laughs> I, 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 I think that you was more broad than just you, Thomas. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm in my own little world. Today. Yeah, I, it's disappointing to see this, but as long as it's not the government stepping in, I, I've always been of the opinion private companies are going to do what private companies do, and the the only way you can do it as only way you can show as a consumer. How you feel about it is with your dollars and either not spending them with Apple and spending them with somebody else. That would work so much better if I had dollars. <laughs> Vote with your wallet. I thought that's why you moved. What am I supposed to do with my wallet? Just throw it at people? <laughs> All right. So this next oh this next one, I thought I got a little bit of a chuckle out I of. I mentioned this last week, and I'm glad to see it's been picked up by people with actual influence. My wife asked me today. She's like, hey, they're saying on the news something about... ISPs uh, releasing private data now. What's that? Is that something we need to be concerned about? I'm like, yeah, yeah it's something we need to be concerned <laughs> <Yeah>. about. <laughs> that place where all your information goes is just getting violated by the government, <laughs> right? So we, we talked. I think we talked about this last week, right? About how, yeah, we did because so. yeah. I apologized to you for not making a bigger deal out of it the week before about how the government repealed a, a, an Obama. Um, what was it? It was a law. It wasn't a law. It was no, no. Uh, it, it was FCC reg- regulation. That's regulation. I think. So that's last week yeah. the House had passed the bill, and this week the Senate has passed the bill. So now it's moving straight on to uh, Glorious Leader Donald Trump, number forty-five. <laughs> right moving now, it, not, what you're saying is law. What what happened in Obama's term wasn't law. It was just a regulation. By the FCC. Sure, it was just saying. And basically, don't. What, what what that regulation what that regulation said is it it said ISP providers basically couldn't sell their customers 
data, like their private data, no, what they're browsing. Was, no, it wasn't even that. It was you had to opt in. They had to get your permission to sell it. So you, they were allowed to, but you had to opt in. Now, a little bit different. It's, yeah, it's slightly different, so, but it, it basically meant that the bulk collection of data would be much more difficult because they'd have to individually get people to opt in. Um, now, what's interesting is now, Minnesota. Minnesota turned around. Hold on. Let, let's catch everybody up on the story. Now, the stage. Th- now they're passing a law that, that, that lists that ban, basically, that says that ISPs don't have to get permission from their consumers to sell their and, data. And what's even worse is there's no way to opt out. You can't say you're not allowed to. Correct. And right. worse than that, it takes the authority of the FCC off of the Internet. So the FCC can no longer regulate the Internet in the way that it has since the Internet has started. So now there is no regulatory board that actually oversees the behavior of companies that provide Internet access or companies the Internet to market to people. Uh, Basically, any of the anti-spam laws that we had or uh, consumer-protecting laws are just gone. Uh, My first thought was, boy, I'd love to buy the browser data for a number of politicians. And fortunately for us, uh, the creator of Cards Against Humanity has pledged to buy and publish Congress's browser history. So once it's available, he's going to drop down the money and buy it and publish it, which I think is great. You think he's actually going to do it, though? I, I think I, I, it's going to be great to see what comes of this. Um, I don't know what everybody's expecting to see, um, but... I'm not really anticipating to see a whole lot. I mean, it would be funny to see some some porn pop up, uh, but I don't know. I, I, I bet you it doesn't really amount to much of anything. Well, we'll find out. Unless you're in Minnesota. Well, why Minnesota? Do you, you guys didn't hear about Minnesota? They decided they were going to jump on this, and they said, they said, oh, no, that's not cool. Any company operating in Minnesota is going to require express written approval from the customer before collecting their data. Nice. So they put the handcuffs on hard. Thomas? Yes, sir. Thomas? What what baseball teams in Minnesota? Vikings. All right, stop. <laughs> so I, I like that Max, the creator of Cards Against Humanity, also tweeted out, it's not going to be a Kickstarter, like the digging the whole thing. Right, no. it's He's just, just going to buy it. Yeah, as soon it. as it's available, he's he's on the dollar. Um, I'm excited about yeah. that. I'd love to see what uh, our elected representatives are in. You see a bunch of Pizza Hut orders. And that is their football team. Uh, you're you're really you're getting better at this. Uh, the only reason I asked is because you you said their team earlier in the, the show. Blue Hawks? So I thought maybe you knew it. <laughs> the Twins. <laughs> it's I like to establish a fine line between the joking Twins, and John. It's a baseball team. Ignorant. They play baseball in the Major League Baseball division. How group. do we keep getting back to freaking baseball? Because it's it. freaking baseball yeah. season. It starts tomorrow. Eric's got the hype going. Take me out to the ball game. Dun, 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 dun. There's only like one month that's not baseball season. So why are you so excited? So anti-American. Baseball goes this on is, way This too is long. why Trump is in office. Because of people like you guys me. know what uh, spear fishing is? I do. Yes. I did it when I lived in the islands. No, you're talking. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking different. Thing. I'm talking targeted attacks against individuals. So. The idea with phishing is that you you send out an email with a nefarious link on it or a virus or something like that. You send it out to as many people as you can. But there's a, a more sophisticated version, which is called spear phishing. And this is gather information about the target, write a 
a an email explicitly addressing the target and what they're interested in, who their family members are, things like that, to try and up the the value of the attack. And there's been some interesting reports lately about very targeted attacks at open source developers on GitHub. Have you guys heard anything about this? I have not heard of it, no. no. I, I, didn't, no. I didn't even get a chance to read this article. So what sort of attacks are being targeted at open source developers? Well, it appears that someone is trying to get to major open source project contributors. Uh, and the fact that they're targeting GitHub contributors sort of indicates they're trying to sneak malware into open source projects. Um, we At this point, we don't know who it is. We don't know why they're doing it. But there has been a, an active campaign on GitHub users. Uh, so what's the campaign exactly? I, I'm not sure I'm following what's happening. Well, the the targets will receive an email that is customized to them and will have uh, attachments that will compromise the user's computer in some way. Um, these, you know, once compromised, then the person can sort of act as the person that they've attacked and insert code into projects or the like. Um, it's, it's a very mm. advanced piece of software. It's on the scale of nation-state attacking programs. So it isn't just some off-the-shelf, easy-to-use software. It's, it's a pretty advanced um, project called Dimni, which originally started as a Russian project, and a lot of the IPs that are being tracked are pointing at Russia, but it's difficult to say that that's actually the source of these attacks. So it's interesting that they're targeting open-source developers because the, the projects would be in open-source projects, and even if they did manage to infect them and maybe take over control over a repo, I, I don't know. It, would, it seemed like it would be tough to maintain a vulnerability in an open-source project for any um, real it, amount of time. doesn't matter. Once it's in there, somebody... One people, new people installing it or people updating get whatever's happening. So if they install mal malware into Laravel, for then all of a sudden every website that is backed by Laravel is able to inject code into everybody's websites that once you visit it, they get infected. I mean, it could be could be massive, even if it's found within the Laravel framework. Yeah, quickly, we've we've discussed in there could be a lot of damage. We've discussed done. in the past. Uh, vulnerabilities with WordPress and how they're upgrading to a signed updates system that, you know, can be harder to compromise. The problem is if someone did compromise the WordPress GitHub account, that system would not defend against any attacks. So they could quickly if they had a if they had a payload ready and they compromised the WordPress site, then they could distribute this payload to every WordPress site in hours. So and and it's it's part of the toolkit for nation states to have pocket access to be able to compromise at will because they've had it compromised for a good amount of time. So if you're a GitHub developer and you get a suspicious email, don't don't eat, don't read it, delete it. Not even GitHub developer. If you get a suspicious email, <laughs> don't. Open Especially it. if you're a GitHub developer, though. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that my wife thought I was cheating on her because of an email, because of a spam email? It. It just said, hey, I saw your Craigslist ad. Why don't you check me out? And it was a link to a webcam site. And she was furious. <laughs> I'll never, I'll never look down. So yeah, don't open suspicious email. 
in fact, delete it. Don't just not open it. Delete it. Empty the trash. Well, it's it's not like it's not like a million people are downloading open source projects, except for one or two. That, I think everyone. That's the best lead in I can give you guys. Come on, somebody pick it up. You did. You did really. There good is one. There is one project. Do you want to do that segue again? <laughs> So I can pick up on what you're, you're putting in. No. <laughs> no, I really, I really don't. I, I, I want to finish the show. Is what have I'm you okay? Have you guys now. used hash IDs? I'm out of scotch. Listen, I'm out of look. This is how out of scotch I am right now. See you guys. This, this is my scotch bottle. Look at that. There's nothing left. This is a wee dram. We have to finish the show soon. I, I have heard of it. I, I have not personally used. Now, it. Now, see, I've not just heard of it, but I. I don't have a don't friend have of the show. Adam Wathen was recently asking about something similar to this and ended up using this project, I believe. So the project is hash IDs. It is, it is a, a open source library to convert numbers into sort of random IDs that can be used safely ish on emails and URLs and like that. Uh, it's, it's a great little project, but this article might be the best thing that's ever come out of the project itself because this is an amazing blog post have you guys read any of this i i did and i really appreciate the the developer saying you know i've learned a lot by from my time doing this and he basically is just sharing his experience with an open source project yeah starting from the very starting from the very simple it's going to take longer than you think you may have a super simple project but it's not necessarily going to take a weekend to complete. Yeah, there are, there are some. So it's a lot of. There's some amazing quotes and just lines in here. Um, if someone hates you, you've done something right. That is nice to hear. That is yeah, so nice to hear. Because God, I've I have written <laughs> blog posts in the past, and the only comments I get are "You're an idiot." That's not how you do it. You do it this way. <laughs> and he he says quite simply, it's the loud. It's the loud assholes that are out there that are going to be the ones that show up on your post. They're the ones that are going to be questioning your work, and they're not worth paying attention to. And he even gives an example of specific developers or specific trolls who tried to make him their problem. But it's, it is an at-length article, and it's amazing what he gets into. He, he, states, that, and he states that he has... I was just gonna say I like the I like that he's giving advice to open source maintainer. If you're gonna start a new project, it's doing a lot for you. Yeah, and and he talks about the community, which is it's great to see. Um, so after he released the library, a UK developer ported it over to Go, and he thought that was really cool. And then a dev in Sweden uh, ports it to Ruby, and then Python from Munich, Java from China, Elixir from Ukraine, C from Bulgaria. And another developer has jumped in to help maintain the PHP version that they wrote. It's it's awesome to see things in the open source community coming together in this way. And it's awesome to see how normal people deal with the issues of having a project hit 1 million downloads that is just something they made. Mm-hmm. So I will have this link in the show notes, but I recommend everyone really read the whole thing because it's such a, an inspirational post for anyone who's trying to do open source development and keeps banging their head against the wall. Oh, finally. Oh, boy. This article. Eric's got a big smile. (laughs) There has has been a kerfuffle in... There has been a kerfuffle. Is is that how you state it? (laughs) There's been a a lot of controversy in the Drupal community right now uh, because a 
a major contributor, a man who's built his career about around Drupal and the Drupal community, has been completely ousted from the community. Uh, and it appears. So you're talking about you're talking about Larry Garfield. He's been with the Drupal project for a very long time. Yeah, twelve years now. Like you said, he's he's one of the big. He's one of the head figures uh, in the uh, Drupal development environment. So he he got what is called doxed. Someone found out details about his personal life and decided to use that information to get him removed from the Drupal project. Now the details about his private life. That's speculation. Yeah, that's speculation. They are. It was never so. So basically, what had happened is Larry's into some pretty freaky not stuff. Not that freaky. Uh, it's not for you, but John <laughs> over here. I mean, this well, you can't you can't assume to know. He's interested. He's interested in <laughs> in the Gore community, G O R, which is a sort of a subset of the BDSM community. Um, it's it's sci fi role play master slave relationship, uh, and it is. It is a community that generally establishes women as subservient to men. Um, but right. it is... And so as, as apparently Larry had a profile on some site that caters to this um, It's not anything he brought into his work or his Drupal development environment or anything like that. And it appears what had happened as soon after this... Uh, was found out about Larry, he was asked to step down by a prominent uh, organization that has a professional asp- um, interest in Drupal. They claim that one had nothing to do with the other, uh, but it just seems really suspicious with the timing. Uh, so they've never said that is why we asked him to step down. They've actually never said why um, they asked him to step down at all. They have a code of conduct, and that's and the, they have part of the part yeah, of the they problem. They have rules. Well, they said they, but they never said that he, they they never cited that he violated the code of conduct. Correct. Right. 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 I mean, that's they've, not what they. Matter of fact, and like you said, they're not saying anything. They're not saying anything about why they 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 will go as far as to say that. They're not releasing him because of because of this interest was was found out about him, which is odd that they would say that and not say why they're looking. Because I mean, really, what could I mean? You know, what are you worried about? You're worried about ruining his reputation when this stuff, this other stuff, has been released about him. I mean, really, why are you releasing him and to give us some information? So the Larry published a blog post on his own site, basically coming out completely stating that that the the actions and the behaviors of the community leaders were oriented towards his personal life and it is i mean it is a hell of a read we're talking about 20 pages maybe 30 pages running down all the conversations that he's had with the people at Drupal all the stuff leading up to him getting removed from the Drupal community. Now, he was asked to step down, and he said no. He hadn't broken any rules. And so mm-hmm. uh, he was he was summarily removed from the community by the person in charge of operating the community uh, member base. So the question is, is, what is, why does it take a couple people complaints about your personal life to get you removed from your source of income, your, your livelihood? And has Drupal done right. wrong and by him? It's a tough one. And 
again, we can harken back and, you know, back to the days where coming out of the closet would have had this Absolutely. Sort of impact. Unfortunately, right, fortunately, we have, as a society, for the most part, have matured past that. Um, without a lot of insight on why they actually are looking for him to step down, this particular aspect of it, I- I'm not getting. I, you know, I... I don't know. I, I've always felt, and, and you, tr- I have older daughters now. They're they're nineteen, and they're they're finding their way into adult adulthood. And the one thing that we keep stressing to them is, you, you're not basing who you are based on your sexuality or who you're in a relationship. You are who you are as, as a whole. As everything that that you've you've worked towards piled together that that one aspect of of your life doesn't define you and it should define you shouldn't other people shouldn't define you by it and you shouldn't allow it to define you same thing as it it just shouldn't it shouldn't be that aspect and it we as people have different interests and we compartmentalize them i am a huge baseball person i would never bring that onto this podcast you would probably have never known i was a big baseball person no. but it's just it's disappointing because as long as everybody's adult as as long as nobody's hurting or, or breaking laws or hurting other people then you know if that's a part of their life let it be a part of their life if they try to bring that into an environment where it's not appropriate for it to be, that's a different that's a different conversation. But it doesn't seem to be that. No, was the, the, case. the case the case here is that I mean, he if, was he was targeted by somebody who didn't like his lifestyle and was able to get Drupal to act as executioners even against their own conflict resolution policy. Drupal, like any large yeah. project, has codes of conduct and conflict resolution conflict resolution policies things that are written down so that things could be resolved in a correct way uh and that whole system which was established to protect lgbtq uh to protect minorities in software development uh things that i think you might have missed a couple of letters there i think i think they're more letters it's a lgbtq rst (laughs) yeah the but now somehow this example of a guy being targeted and attacked for uh, what isn't even a belief structure, it's just a role-playing stance. I mean, there are plenty of role-playing people in the the open-source community. I can guarantee you that uh, a lot of people have their character sheets saved on their computers somewhere. And his his version of his role-playing community involved... uh, uh, relationship complications between men and women and how those issues are resolved in a fictional universe on Mars. And this attack basically took his behavior in character and published it to the world and said, this is what he really thinks. We should fire him and make sure that he can never make money off Drupal again. Uh, it, it's really shameful. I I can't see how a community that is working so hard to be inclusive can be so summarily exclusive to somebody for something that has never been an issue in the community, has never been brought up, and was taken completely invasively and used as an attack. Uh, it's disgusting. I agree. And, and it's too. for these very reasons I don't make it public that I found John's profile on Grinder. 
I mean, it's very, I mean, people just take that. What was I doing on Grinder? Who knows, right? I mean, is it anybody's <laughs> business? Not at John. all. You should check that that profile out. I, I did a good job on it. I liked I liked your picture. It was it was a good <laughs> angle for you. Yeah, couldn't see your face in it. Couldn't really verify it was you, but still, it had. Yeah, it's disappointing. Hopefully, uh, they work, or hopefully, if if they don't work it out, Larry finds another um, project that that interests him. And uh, yeah, I, I just think it. It, it sucks to see a community like Drupal end up under the thumb of lifestyle judge. Well, and like you said, in, in a day and age where everybody's harping about being all-inclusive, about not being judgy and not being judgmental and accepting people, and, you know, and then this happens. It's like, really? Right. Seriously? This, this, it's, you know, yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah. Was that your doom and gloom? Did we hit Doom and Gloom? That, I guess we hit a few Doom and Glooms. Half the show. A, a good amount of it was Doom and Gloom. Your, your fans will be excited. Tom Tom is getting his own little subculture of uh, of Doom and Gloom fans. I get people ping me all the time. It's going to be interesting to see how this editing comes comes along. So for everybody listening to the show, this is going to be Thomas's first attempt at editing the show. Yeah. So uh, we'll see how uh, after several. Several weeks of me saying, hey, Thomas, I'm going to edit the show today. Do you want to watch me? No, I'm busy. I got things going on. I have three no, teenagers. Okay. He's taking it over moving forward. So uh, we'll see. So, so marketing your books, episode 55, uh, Thomas's Yes, Thomas's it will be first the first edits. show. It'll we'll be the first show I hosted entirely by myself. <laughs> the important thing you have to remember to put in? That tr- that music at the end of the show that should be playing right, right now. now to let fans know that the show's over. There's a little I'm music John playing in the background. John's just itching to get out. So we're gonna we're he's he's, we're he's scratching at the no, door like your office see, manager. That's the great part about this, Thomas. You can just edit that out. Like John never even had to have actually said that. He just edited it all out. Episode fifty-five, PHP Ugly. I'm Eric Van Johnson. I'm Tom Rideout. I'm John Congdon. Use a VPN. Perfect. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly. And a special thanks to our sponsor, the Diego Dev Group. If you are looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then you want to reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. Links and show notes from this episode of PHP Ugly can be found at www.phpugly.com. You can follow our hosts on Twitter. You can also follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Play Podcast, or SoundCloud. If you like what you hear, then please leave us a rating on iTunes. Until next week, keep it ugly.